Welcome to the Barefoot Chats podcast by Backbone. I'm your host, Samson. On this episode, I speak with Michael Ross from Electric Fields. We take a deep dive into creativity, writing music, and go through some of his favorite projects that he's been a part of over the years. Take a listen. All right. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for joining us on the Backbone podcast. How are you going? I'm very well, thank you. How are you going? Yeah, I'm all right up here in Brizzy. It's actually a beautiful day. I've got the window in front of me. Very lovely. How's um How's the weather down in Adelaide? Well, actually, it's gorgeous today, um, and it's been quite beautiful, really. I just went for oh my god, maybe like an hour and a half walk uh, with you know running up from the stairs. Uh, Amazing. <laughs> because, um, well, I ate an entire pizza last night, and, <laughs> and that's uh, the correct thing to do. But um, oh, totally. But it's all I about balance, thought, you know. <laughs> it's all, exactly, exactly, and also like at the moment, going for a walk, especially because we all need to stay at home, as you know, unless we have to leave. Well, it's a great, you know, it's like yes, you can go out to exercise. So I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm exercising again, you know, exercising, <laughs> getting really you know, into it, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, and feeling good for it, feeling oh, very, very good for it. Definitely. Uh, now, for our listeners that may not recognise your voice, tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. Okay, well, I am uh, an artist, I guess. Yes, definitely. Um, I just sort of, from like an art point of view, I'm a, a songwriter, a producer, and uh, I do sing as well. I also love to uh, alter clothing and um, just to sort of take an existing T-shirt or shorts or pants or something and just either paint it with bleach or sew on some applique or swap out the sleeves of one shirt with another or something like that. I love that. I didn't know that you did that. That's a thrifty little hobby. Yeah, well, actually, I wear a lot of my creations on stage now um so yeah and i'm one half of electric fields with zachariah fielding and um yeah so i'm up there behind the keyboard and the laptop and i yeah often might have a little t-shirt on that i've you know sewn on a, a of uh, applique here or there. <laughs> Very good. I love that. Now, for anyone um, that's listening who hasn't gone and listened to Electric Fields, you absolutely must stop everything you're doing, pause this podcast, go and listen to them right now. Um, what would be your um, recommendation for Electric Fields song for the person who hasn't ever heard you guys before? What would you be, be your recommended song? Okay. Um, I'm going to recommend two Ooh, okay. um, the f- yeah, the first one I'm going to recommend is uh, called Nina. Mm. So if you go on Spotify, you'll have to look down the list a little bit to find Nina. And that's um, very much so like a listening uh, down-tempo track. And mm. it's, um, it's actually an interview that Nina Simone gave in the 70s and we transcribed her answers and used those as the lyrics for that song 
Beautiful. Um, I, I love that song. So that's an excellent, excellent recommendation. And what was your second one? And the second one would be an upbeat one just to give you an idea because we, when we perform live, it is mostly a dance, you know, it's a sort of EDM kind of vibe. Um, and I think I'm going to suggest Shade Away. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, because um, it's actually the very first song that Zachariah and I put on SoundCloud. And um, it's, it is super simple, but it, it just, it's, it's quite beautiful. And for a dance track, there's a lot of emotion in there. And it, um, there's also beautiful uh, Anungo language, Pitanjada Yankunjada language. Mm. Um, so it's like sassy with culture <laughs> and you can feel happy and sad at the same time but you know happy like a you know emotional yeah. basically oh yeah like happy, you know when you're happy but it, you kind of have sort of like the happiness gives you a bit of heaviness but it's not a burden it's um it's the, just the beauty is yeah it's like cathartic and you're feeling it all in your chest and it's sort of pouring out as you're singing along with the words I always find that uh, when I listen to Electric Fields and I, I've seen you guys a couple of times now and I just feel it's just always, it brings it all up to the surface. Oh, lovely. I'm very, very glad to hear that. And um, I think it's so special to be using such a beautiful uh, marriage of language within within your music. Um, maybe that's a good place to start talking about that and how you and Zachariah have put fused these sort of... Um, yeah, completely different languages, including music itself, I suppose, as well, mm-hmm. all together. And how, how? what is that process? Well, you know, uh, any, um, I'm sure any songwriter mm. or any, you know, art maker listening would will probably say the same thing, which is it is literally different every single time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think with, um, when you're creating songs, which, not very, you know, between sort of three minutes and five minutes. Mm. Um, so it happens a variety of ways. So, for example, with Nina, um, Zachariah brought the interview to me and said, this, uh, this interview is really speaking to me. Can we write some lyrics or can we write a song for Nina Simone? Mm. And so we watched... Um, we watched the interview that Zachary bought and I just said, look, why there's nothing, it's, it's perfect as it is. Let's, why don't we use her answers as the lyrics? Mm. Um, and the day before, um, I had written a chorus, um, very quickly that just sort of happened to, to slot in. And then, you know, Zachary and I play, um, uh, you know, uh, Serena Williams style tennis with the creative ideas until um, it goes right in the pocket, and then we go. Then we usually jump up and down and hug each other. <laughs> we actually do like we like one thing that we often do when we find um, a really sweet spot for a song is we literally in the studio we just jump up and down like idiots, <laughs> and then we hug each other. It's so beautiful. Yes, it, oh, the moment, yeah. the light bulb moment, the moment that everything comes together. How amazing. Um, yeah. How did you meet um, Zachariah? I actually have never heard that story, so I'd love to hear it. Sure, sure. Well, um, we actually met about 10 years ago 
um, I moved to South Australia to produce a disabled girl band. Um, so in the disability arts, there's like, um, it's sort of like an empowering term to say I am a disabled artist. A bit like a feminist writer really embodies their uh, gender identity um, mm. as a powerful thing. Um, and so working with uh, those five women was absolutely amazing. And within the first um, year of being there, um, my boss's daughter invited me to a party because she knew her friend needed a producer who had already got a singer for her new material. And so long story long, um, <laughs> I arrived at um, her house in the Adelaide Hills and it was gorgeous. With um, She has koalas in her backyard and a dusty old piano in her kind of tree house up um, right on the top of the Adelaide Hills. And we worked on three songs. So they were her songs and Zachariah sang them and I produced them. Wow. And... Um, so we, you know, worked together a bunch of times for that and then that project just fizzled and we went um, on our own way. But I would see um, see him just here and there mm. around Adelaide. Um, and then after he came off The Voice, um, he called me up and said, you know, can we start doing some work together again? And I was like, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yes, and then when we when we were working together, mm. um, creating music together, then that's when the way we describe it is we kind of like um, spawned the, an energy. Um, Zachary is intensely spiritual, mm. and he really does describe um, electric fields as an energy that we just happen to be the parents of, but it's not like we own the energy we are just custodians of it in a way I guess totally I feel that that's a beautiful way to describe just to describe that absolutely mm. that's that's a wonderful story and when did you know that electric fields was born did you just start pumping out music or well um I, I remember that we had we, I think we created about maybe four, four or five tracks together. And um, we hadn't really discussed, like, the kind of um, end, end goal, like, mm. end game of what we were doing. Uh, we were just working and making the music and we were listening to it. And I was like, it's so um, Zachariah's voice and his story and energy comes through so, so clearly. And I was listening to him, I was like, this sounds like one of my songs as well um, because I've been making music for years and years. Mm. And I was just like, Z, um, I just want to plant a seed with you because I I definitely hear you 100% in this and I also hear myself just as much. Um, so it sort of feels like it's sort of our music in a way. So mm. the seed I want to plant with you is we could do this as a as a duo if you want to. Um, and I just said, you don't have to answer. Just I'm just leaving that with you and then you just let me know whenever you're like, uh, either way. But um, 
and and Z was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll have yeah, all right, I'll just have a think. And then was actually at um, the album launch of the girl band um, album, mm. where um, yeah, we were at the festival theater festival center in Adelaide, and we did their album launch with the full band, um, and it was a wonderful, wonderful night. And when he saw that, the outcome of that performance uh, and how the girls really shone, he that's when he decided that, um, yeah, he was he wanted to pair up, and um, and we became yeah we became Electric Fields like that. <laughs> Brilliant! It took a, it took a little bit, but it got there. Needed the mm. time, I think. Um, I'm also really yep. interested in this in the uh, in the disability girls band that you have mentioned a couple of times mm. now. I I want to delve into that a bit more. How did you get involved in that? And you know, tell us tell us where to find some of this music to listen to. Sure. Well, um, yeah. Well, I mean, the reason why they come up so much is because they've been such a huge part of my creative life. But I mean, they are. Uh, very much like my sisters. Um, so the, they're the reason why I moved to Adelaide. So this is, um, the way it happened was I I came to Adelaide to perform at Adelaide Fringe as a solo artist, um, kind of like a sort of puppeteer cabaret uh, trip, you know, like LSD pop vibe. I am um, already there in my mind. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah. And because I knew that no one knew who I was, and I, I mean, I thought, well, who's going to bloody come to my show? Nobody, if anyone. So I thought what I would do is um, give half of the entire season away to locals in Adelaide. And I thought, well, what sort of people would really dig it? And I thought, well, I don't know, people that were in choirs, um, theatres, and, you know, people that were, in, like, involved with that side of thing, even just from either community, hobby, you know, or professional, whatever. So I emailed a bunch of uh, Adelaide art organisations and choirs and just said, look, I'm coming, um, this is what my show is and I'd, I'd like to give you um, two or three or four um, family passes or, you know, like... Um, Maybe it was like you know you can have five double passes, whatever it was. I was just yeah. getting 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 um, these tickets, you know, into people's hands so that I could at least have an audience in Adelaide. And one of the people, um, one of the organisations I sent it to was Tutti Arts mm. Incorporated, and um, they are an incredible disability arts organisation, multi arts as well. And um, they said, well, look, we can't. Uh, it's very hard for our artists to come out to some of these shows, especially since yours is fairly late at night. Why don't you come here and do a performance for us instead? And I was like, oh. And I was like, well, that, oh, I was like, well, that's not really what I was thinking. I was like, well, okay, no, sure, I'd love to come. Yeah, so I, why I not? rocked up to Twitter. Uh, yeah, well, hey, you've got to. Um, so there's a, sometimes there's a flow that. Um, just have to take a whim, you know, go with. Oh yeah, yeah. sometimes you just got to sell your soul to sell your tickets at a fringe. 
<laughs> well, it's more so like the, the universe has like stage directions, you know. So that it's too. a bit like um, Run Lola Run. Is that the name of the film? That Run Lola Run, where like if you if you do go with the flow and you do kind of um, listen to the stage directions of the universe, you sort of find your way to where you're going. Um, yeah, that's a beautiful and, way to look and, at it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that too. And um, so I, I arrive at um, the organisation and I do a performance for uh, a room of about maybe 15 artists and some of the staff. And then they said, would you like us to perform for you? And I was like, yeah. And oh. then two of the singers sang an original song each. And it, they were so brilliant. The songs were absolutely excellent. Um, and, well, then a year later, the artistic director called me up. I was living in Melbourne at the time. And she said, look, we've got a vacancy here for a filmmaking tutor. I was like, huh, a filmmaking tutor? I said, and she said, if you, if you want the job, you can have it. Um, and I was like, no. <laughs> and she was like, are you sure? Like, you know, it's a creative job. You get to create art with, with you know, the artists. And I was like, well, I'm not a filmmaker. And she was like, well, maybe you could learn. I mean, she could see my creativity. She could see my kind of, um, my, adap- my uh, adaptability. Um, yeah. And that energy that I would give off. But I was like, no. Um, I was like, no, no, uh, that's, you know, thank you, of course. And then she said, okay, what would you do with the job? If I, if you were to do anything with this job, what would you do? I said, well, I would co-write songs with the artists, we'd produce them to a broadcast quality, and then release them commercially. Amazing. And she thought for about 10 seconds and said, okay, that's the job. And I was like, I'll take it. Amazing. (laughs) Magic happens. (laughs) (laughs) Following those stage directions. (laughs) Yeah, well, totally. But I think it also has to do with knowing, like, you know, they say know thyself. Mm. Um, And, you know, basically, if if you're lucky enough, and most artists really are lucky enough to really know what their sort of obsession is when it comes to create or, you know, what I like to describe art as um, beautifying truth um, with, you know, an authenticated yeah. with uh, truthful philosophy, something like that. But it's, it, you've got, you've got to be fervent and you've got to be, you've got to fucking care about, um, humanity to make good art and you've got to really dig deep and you've got to um you you've got to have guts otherwise um i just don't see how um you're going to create any art of worth um and so for me i was i knew exactly what i wanted to do which is literally you know create pop songs um and you know but but not not like maybe baby kind of pop songs, but actually uh, deep pop songs with um, 
an authenticity which is unmistakable and working with disabled artists, um, co-writing and doing a true collaboration where their stories and their ideas and words are the heart of the music. And then all of a sudden you're, you're hearing something that is as sort of um, sweet and boppy as a pop song, but with themes of disability, mental health, social barriers, um, disabling people that you know, don't just don't happen to use stairs in the same way that somebody else might. Um, but and then even, and then you know what what life is like um, when the D word is so fucking prevalent um, and you know and so we created a whole album um, and we actually worked together for four years before we even released a single song because I didn't want it to be shit. I wanted it to be fucking awesome. And after about four years, we were finally ready. And so we, we released one of our first single, which was called This Isn't Disneyland. Amazing. And we did a music video and we put it online. And then all of a sudden we had people calling us. We had um, someone call us from the BBC. We had the Huffington Post in Canada, um, you know, Thailand, Mongolia, um, a a university in Italy. We started using it as part part of their source material. And then we got a fucking letter from the UN headquarters in New York saying, congratulations, we've screened your music video on the International Day of Disability. Um, So it was this sort of huge moment because, and even leading up to that, a lot of people thought I was nuts, which I might be anyway. But they <laughs> Most artists kind like, of are in a beautiful, unique way. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but they were like, you're doing what? A disabled girl band? Like they thought I'd lost my mind. And I was like, what, 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 what's to get? Like what, what can't you get? But some people can't get it. And so after literally years of even having friends kind of go, but they're a choir, aren't they? Or, you know, mm. but don't, aren't they school kids? Like, it's like fucking 25 years old mm. um, working as artists at an arts organisation. And that's why this first thing was, this isn't Disneyland, I'm not a novelty, this is as real as it gets. Brave new ideas begin to fill the detail in I'm as real as it gets. I won't let go of the uh, of the hope that I'm holding when trouble's unfolding. Stand or crash land. I am not a novelty. Um, Man, and that's, it was that's just, some powerful stuff. Because sometimes I guess the pop yeah. music industry can be so, uh, like, drawn back from, I guess, the authenticity and a bit of reality. And I guess a lot of massive pop stars as well have a whole character that they're playing. So to have this story at the forefront is absolutely in, like almost unimaginable, like for the kind of industry and the perception that I guess I have of it as well. So like props to you and the whole band. Yeah. Thanks. Well, you know, it was a true collaboration. Um, and I think, 
and I swear, and you know what, electric fields would have never have happened if it was not for those women. So that that then, by the way, is called the Sisters of Invention. Perfect. Um, and their music is on Apple Music. I'm just, I wonder if it's on Spotify. I haven't really looked. I'm just going to type in the Sisters of Invention. Oh yeah, it is. It's on Spotify. It's on Spotify. How brilliant! They have well, fifty-two. They have fifty-two monthly listeners. Yes. So. <laughs> well, that's about to increase at the moment. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, I'll put some links in the show notes as well to all of this music for the Sisters of Invention and Electric Fields. Um, Michael, you spoke a little bit in the middle there about like obsession and wanting to be so know your craft so well and I just wonder what how did you know that it was specifically pop music that was your obsession oh I just love it I just love it so much um I started I started actually um playing piano by ear at the age of three and I remember writing um my first piano theme when I was five um, it was very fucking simple, um, but, but That's still impressive. You know, it, yeah, well, I still remember it to this day. Um, yeah, and I, I love that. <laughs> and, yeah, and I and I and I remember why I picked that melody because it was referencing. I know that because I had gone to see this like kids musical, hmm. and there was a song in it that I was just like, this is a bloody great song and that this one particular interval which is from the five to the one um and the harmonization underneath um it's yeah just uh, basically one five six the minor six um so very very simple but it was this sort of happy sad this like um you know what it is it's when Sometimes, like when you hear music and it actually enlivens your heart, you feel it. You actually feel something. Absolutely. Uh, I was thinking about it today because I was just chucking on some music to, you know, boost my mood, all that kind of thing. But I was like, dude, it really, like, I'm just so thankful today for the plethora of music that you can choose from right now. Like we have it all at our fingertips. mm -hmm. It's all right there. And it truly Mm -hmm. is something that's actually one of the only things that can make me feel that, that, that thing that you're explaining, that, that, that Mm. magic that happens. So like, it's such a, it is such a universal experience. Yes, it, it really is. Well, you know, um, Music and dance and, you know, weaving um, amongst other, you know, and, and painting is um, so deeply human um, that we've been doing it since the, probably the birth of our species. Um, something about being um, a human earthling we have a need to um, not only express ourselves, but to share. Um, and we also are lovers of beauty. Um, and, you know, beauty has so many different shapes and shades, but 
to, um, yeah. Yeah, we're I mean, all I'm sort not of... saying anything. <laughs> we're all sort it's of. Chasing... We all know this already, but yeah. Huh? Yeah, no, we're all sort of chasing that beauty and and what we define as beautiful. And I think, especially in moments like we're all experiencing at the moment, it is um, almost completely imperative to be able to reach out and and listen to something or make something or touch something or watch something that actually touches that part of your soul um it goes pretty deep hey yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) and i and i read something or saw someone say this and i was like i fucking right um we're talking about essential workers um which, you know, I mean, all of a sudden, like, the super, people, the supermarket workers are like, well, you didn't really respect us much before, and now you're seeing just how important and essential we actually are. Thanks. Finally, it only yeah. took, you know, an intense major global fucking catastrophe. Um, but also, for all of those, you know, roughly 4 billion people who are um, locked, up <laughs> as like battery hens in yeah. their in their homes. Um, well, I want to like how the fuck are those people going to get through that without art? <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're listening to music. We're watching film. We're you know watching television shows with incredible script writing. Um, Absolutely. And, yep. I'm buying lots of merch I mean, like, with beautiful art. I'm like, you know, out there trying to support all the artists, listening, yeah, to brand new things and watching live streams because live streams have just mm-hmm. completely boomed, of course. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I don't think that we'd be getting through it without it. No. I mean, we can't, can't really get through life without anyway, but especially at this time, it's like, you know, what do you do today? Oh, you know, I'm, I washed up. I watched a movie. I um, did some gardening while listening to music. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, I had a maz, and then I uh, went had a sleep. No. <laughs> <laughs> Look, honestly, all of those things. Uh, yes. Yeah. The art yeah. is always there. The art is uh, a necessary component of getting through it all. And um, thank you so much for being such an incredible artist with so much there for us to listen to and I really hope if people are listening to this podcast and haven't heard your work before that they can go out and um, listen to it immediately because it is well worth it. So thank you so much, Michael, for being on the podcast with us today. Well, thank you so much, Samson. It's absolutely my pleasure and um, I just want to say uh, I hope everyone doing okay um and you know even though we've never experienced this before this has happened many 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 times throughout history you know part of you know and if anything it's mother nature's being like all right all right i'm 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 putting i'm putting uh you as in humanity in you know in having time out um, and because um, I want some dolphins in the bloody canal, <laughs> I need goats in the street, I need the air to be clean, um, 
yeah, you're um, you're grounded. You're grounded. You're in the sin bin. You've had a yellow yeah. card. Sit down. Have some water. Yeah, offside. Offside. <laughs> no con. <laughs> oh my god, that's a sport reference. I can't oh, no. believe I just said that. Well, look at us. <laughs> We're having a great time. Um, no, I'm thank- so butch. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, well, thank you. Thank you so much for that message. And honestly, likewise to all of our followers, um, you do what you got to do to get through this time and hopefully joining us for this podcast and listening to some incredible music uh, by the Sisters of Invention and Electric Fields and more will sort of help us through it. So thanks. Thanks again, Michael. My pleasure. Thank you. 